0: Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, please. Started a series last week entitled Faith's Challenges for 2023. And um, last week we looked at Cain and Abel, and we looked at Abel's faith, and we looked at why God accepted Abel's offering and not Cain's offering. And of course we brought the cross out this morning because all throughout the service there was something of the cross that was mentioned and and the sufferings of Jesus and the cross reminds us of that. But the cross also reminds us that Jesus was born to die and he died and he was resurrected so that we can be overcomers, so that we can have faith within our hearts. But faith only comes through the cross. Faith does not come through us trying to be good or to do good works. It is always through the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. That blood reconciles us to God and um, he adopts us into his family Our spirit is regenerated. That means he gives life to a dying spirit within us. And the Bible says we are born again. Peter says that before that time, we were not the people of God. But because we have gone the way of the cross, we are the people of God again. The Bible says... That before, we were dead in our sins, but because we've gone the way of the cross, now we are alive to God. Isn't that wonderful? And out of that, faith rises within us. Do we all understand that? Faith is as a result of us finding the way to the cross and walking through it. And so we can walk in faith. So, Abel reminds us, and this is the challenge, that we follow God's way from the very beginning. To find salvation, it is only through the cross. To walk in faith, it is only because of the cross that we can walk with God. It's nothing about us. It is now our spirits are alive so that we can believe what the Bible says. Faith comes from hearing like we did. Who of you heard God's word this morning? So faith comes when Lucy spoke and when Jenny talked. <laughs> we heard the word, didn't we? Lucy's word wasn't a logos word which is a written word. Lucy's word was a rhema word which is a living word. We get faith from both. But when God speaks, faith rises within us. That's the beautiful thing about walking with Christ because our spirit is alive now because of Jesus. We have faith within our hearts. We can have a little bit of faith, we can have more faith, and we can have larger faith. F.B. Myers, a guy that I've read after since I was probably 17 or 18 years old, says that people of faith have a larger capacity to receive from God. And that is what the book says of Hebrews teaches us. The book of Hebrews also teaches us that we receive from God, but there are times when God speaks to us and he says that many, all of these people here lived by faith, but they didn't receive what God promised on earth. But as they died, that became their portion. So we've got to keep that intention. Otherwise, we believe in triumphalism, which means that we receive everything here. And Hebrews 11 does not teach that. And so this is a little bit of a foundation that we need to understand as we desire this here. To face the challenges that come our way with Jesus Christ as he puts faith within our hearts. So thank you very much, ladies, for responding to these words. If you have a word over the next weeks, weeks to come, just come to the elders and just say, I've got a word. If we know you, I don't even need to hear the word. If I don't know you, I'd like to hear it first before I release it. But we want to release it because it produces another kind of faith within us, which is very, very important. So faith's challenges. You will be challenged over this year whether you're going to choose your own way and walk in it or whether you're going to choose God's way and walk in it. Abel chose God's way. It doesn't only mean that we need to choose God's way in salvation, but it also means that when we are faced with a challenge within our lives, we, we need to follow the way of godliness or the way of ungodliness we would need to choose which way we're going to walk. And God's word very clearly tells us which way that we need to walk. And it says that there is life in it when we walk in that way. It's amazing. Already this past week I was challenged in so many ways whether I was going to do it God's way or Pierre's way or the devil's way. And oftentimes Pierre's way is the devil's way. And the challenge is for me to get... Before God, in his word, and on my face, and to say, God, teach me to do it your way. Remember the song we talked about last week, Frank Sinatra singing, I did it my way. Again, on radio, I was listening to the radio, and Frank came on, and he said, I did it my way. And I kind of sang, and I said, no, I'm not doing it my way, I'm doing it God's way. want to walk that way this year. And so this morning, let's look at another wonderful Bible character. Um, He's one of the portraits that are hung on the room of faith. And um, he's a wonderful character. Very little is said of him, but what is said of him is so powerful. And this morning, I would like us to look at the example of Enoch. And um, I'd like us to read Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. If you could turn to that scripture, please. Hebrews 11, verses 5 and 6. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life. So that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one. Can you repeat that phrase? As one who? Pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now the background story in the book of Genesis we find in chapter 5, verses 18 to 24. And so please turn with me in your Bibles to that passage too. Yes, it is on the screen here, but it's good for us just to read it from God's word, the word that you have within your hands. Make some notes if you have a Bible like mine. Genesis chapter 5 verses 18 to 24 says this. When Jared had lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. After he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Jared lived a total of 962 years, and then he died. Any of you have put that goal in front of you for 2022? When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. Anybody know who Methuselah is? Who? He was the man who lived the longest. And uh, so um, he lived for a very, very long time. And so he's the oldest man who lived in the Bible. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God For 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Enoch is described in 51 words in the Old Testament and 94 words in the New. There's a few places that speaks about him. One of the things the New Testament highlights about his life is his testimony. He had the testimony that he pleased God. Genesis 5 tells us how he pleased God. We read twice that Enoch pleased God because he walked with God. From these passages, we understand that Enoch lived in one of the darkest periods within human history. He lived in the midst of dying men, and yet he himself did not die. He was translated, God took him to heaven alive. Anybody else in the Bible that you know about whom God took alive to heaven and didn't taste death? Elijah, exactly, Elijah. He didn't taste death, God translated him up. Some say that in the book of Revelation that the two witnesses that will come back and testify about God is Enoch and Elijah. And so we know that possibly You know, these two could come. So so Enoch is a very important personality within the scripture, even though just very little is actually written about him. The question that I have about Enoch is, how did he come to walk with God? Because it is, It seems like that there weren't too many people in his day that actually walked with God. Maybe it was a conversation with Adam that he had because we do know that Adam lived for more than 900 years. (laughs) Incredible, isn't it? So um, Enoch was still alive when Adam was alive. As a matter of fact, Sorry, Adam would have been, at this time of Enoch's life, he would have been 687 years old. And Adam lived up to 930. (laughs) Perhaps Adam told him what it was like to walk with God in the cool of the day. Adam must must have told him about all of the things that happened in the Garden of Eden. And so I think there must have been those conversations going on. And within Enoch's heart, there was this desire at the age of 65 to walk with this God that Adam talked about. Maybe he had heard about the garden where they were excommunicated from and the angels standing there preventing anybody from going in. There must have been a lot of conversations going on, but I think that Enoch was one of those people that when Adam maybe started speaking about, that something just was quickened within his spirit and he had a desire to walk with God. I believe maybe another reason why Enoch walked with God is just because God sovereignly chose to reveal himself to Enoch. And he started walking with God. Or maybe it may not be too much to assume that the responsibilities of parenthood forced Enoch to realize just how inadequate he was to be a parent. And um, at the age of 65, when Methuselah was born to Enoch and his wife, that Enoch said, man, I need help. And God revealed himself to Enoch. And he said, God, I need to walk with you in these evil days. And I need to walk with you so that you can give us the strength and the wisdom to raise our children up to know you. So uh, there could be a number of reasons why he chose to walk with God. But what is so interesting is that the Bible says in Hebrews 11, verses 5 and 6, that Enoch pleased him. And I think a real challenge for us in this coming here is who? Are we going to please in our walk with God? I remember when I was a youth pastor, it was one of the loves of my life to work with young people and I remember starting out and I started leading youth ministries and what would happen, I would start a youth ministry up, get it going and then they would send me to another church and I would do the same thing. And I remember one of the challenges that faced the youth of the day many years ago, was that um, we spoke about this whole subject matter, who should you please, because of peer pressure. Peer pressure causes us to please others instead of ourselves, instead of our parents, and more importantly, God. And I think it's no different in the age that we're living in. We, we, We live under tremendous peer pressure. Some of us live under tremendous work pressure. Some of us live under adventurism as a pressure within our lives. where We would choose adventurism over God. Now, serving God is a huge adventure. And there is no greater adventure to walk with God, as Enoch would have known. But my friends, the challenge is, who are we going to please? There are times that we need to say to our husband, I am going to please God because I can't please God if I'm trying to please you. There are times we need to say to our wives, if I have to please you, I'm not going to please God. There are times we're going to need to say to our children, sorry kids, we're pleasing God. As for me and my house, we saw last week, we will serve the Lord. Who will we please? In 2023, Enoch made that decision in dark times and he decided that he would walk with God. And the Bible says that that was accredited to his count as being a person full of faith. As we grow in our Christian walk, as God renews our minds through his word, as the word of God grows within us and our hearts become more full of faith, there's courage within our hearts to choose God's ways above our own ways. And in that sense, we please God. What does it mean to walk with God? Um, And as I was thinking about what it means actually to walk with God, I think Enoch, as he started walking with God at the age of 65, remember he walked with God for 300 years, this man. So he's someone's testimony that we can trust, would you agree? And when we walk with God, what happens is we become familiar with God. And I love that phrase because the more we walk with God, the more familiar we become with God. And the more familiar we become with God, the more we get to know Him. And the more we get to know God, the more we want to please Him. Because there is something that grows within us where it is our delight to please him. I remember Wayne and I having a conversation, maybe what, about five or six years ago. And over that period of time, particularly maybe seven, eight years ago, we had to make some tough decisions within the church as we started turning the church. But we had to be bold, we had to be full of courage, and we made decisions. Some of them were very unpopular, um, but we had to make decisions. And um, Wayne came to me the one day, And Wayne said to me, he says, Peter, I know within your heart you love to please people. And I said, I know I love to please people, Wayne, I do. But I've learned years ago in walking with God that we can't always please people and follow God's ways. And so my natural inclination is to please people. Uh, it's, it's hard for me when someone calls me and say, Peter, can you help for me to put the phone down? I pick it up and I'll be there. Sure, I think it is because I love to serve God, but there is a part of my nature where I love to please people. And so again in 2023, my challenge is, how much am I going to try and please people? Instead of pleasing God. Because at times we can't please both. And that will be your challenge too. And the more familiar Enoch became with God. The more he was able to become this man. That God was pleased with. Because he lived his life in a life of faith. Faith means that we hear God's word and we make a decision to walk in it. That's as simple as it can be. I think this familiarity comes As we say what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. Verses 8 to 11. He says indeed Paul says. I count everything as loss. Because of the surpassing worth. Of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. My friends this isn't a one off decision we make. Salvation is a one off decision. Eternity is placed within our hearts. But to know him is a lifelong journey, agreed? Paul says here, I count everything as loss. My friends, we cannot please both man and God. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ And be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. But that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. For you and I to walk with God, we've got to take the Bible. We've got to read it. We've got to meditate on it. We've got to memorize it. We've got to practice it and do it. And as we do so with the word of God, it becomes a part of our walk with God and faith rises up within us. And out of that, as Enoch did, God looks upon us and he says, I am so pleased with you. G. Campbell Morgan answers the question, what does it mean to walk with God? He says walking with God means that we are going in the same direction as God. Similar to what we said last week. If we are going to walk with God, then that means that we are going to go God's way. We will want to go where God is going and do what God is doing. That is what it means to walk with God. Enoch seems to have done it well because God says that Enoch is a man who pleased me. You know, for... So many of us, if we could only hear our father say one more time, I'm pleased with you, it would make such a big difference within our lives. Would you agree? There are so many young boys, older men, who would say to you, if you had to sit with them and if you had to counsel them, and they would say to you, the thing that our would want to hear the most is just the affirmation of my father or my mother. All I want to hear is that I'm, uh, uh, my son, I'm pleased with you. And they would say it makes the biggest difference within their lives. Well, my friends, God looks at us. And even if you have faith as small as a little mustard seed, you could say unto the mountain, do this and to do that. We know Jesus said that in in the Gospels, but even more so. He would say that I'm pleased with you because he encourages us in our walk. I'm pleased with you. One of the practices, wouldn't say that I've perfected, but that I've had a lot of practicing is to say to my children all the way through their lives, just say to them, do you know what? I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I remember when I interviewed my son a few years ago uh, to talk about Father's Day, and I sat down with my son, and I asked him questions, and, and I told him what it was for. I said, do you mind if I interview you? you know, he was in, living in New Zealand. Well, he's still living in New Zealand. He says, "That that's fine. I said, I want to answer you, answer these questions honestly, and I gave him about 10 or 12 questions, and, and so we talked, and um, What I wanted to do, and I probably overdid it, is that I would say oftentimes to Ryan, Ryan, I am so proud of you. Ryan was a sportsman, played cricket and hockey, and my practice would be whether Ryan made 10 runs or 100 runs. When he comes off and there's a moment when we're alone, I would say to him, Ryan, I'm so proud of you. And I remember in my interview with Ryan, Ryan said to me, Dad, Maybe there should have been times when you said to me, you could have done better. (laughs) And so I defaulted on that side. But I guess I would much rather default on that side than never to have affirmed my son. Would you agree? People need to be affirmed. And we see here that God affirms Enoch's faith. And he says, I'm pleased with you. Yaku, I love watching you with your sons. How you interact with your sons. Um, I've watched you. I haven't known you for that long. But I've watched you. And how you interact with your sons. um, That doesn't only please me, someone who looks at you. But I know it pleases the father. Because that's part of the father's heart in the way that we act towards our children. When last have you said to someone, maybe your wife, maybe your husband, maybe your children, I'm so proud of you. God loves doing that. My friends, if we just hear the whisper of the Spirit of God, You will hear him more say to you, I'm pleased with you, than at times when he rebukes you. He rebukes us, no doubt. He does it well. He disciplines us, Hebrews tells us. Um, When he disciplines us, he does it because he loves us. But you will hear his affirmation. Isn't that what happened in Matthew chapter 3? When Jesus went through the waters of baptism, he came out. And the father spoke words of affirmation over Jesus. And he said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus, before he started his ministry, yes, it flowed out of an act of faith when Jesus got baptised. And he didn't even have to be baptized because he was the spotless son of God. But he knew it was the right thing to do. And when Jesus did the right thing, he acted in faith. He followed God's ways. Not man's ways, not your ways. He followed God's ways. When he did that, the father says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. My friends, which way are you going to choose this year? Are you going to choose your own way? Are you going to choose the way of tradition? Or are you going to choose the way of God through the Word? My friends, the act of faith is certainly the way that God is challenging us to walk in this coming year. This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Maybe it's good, just as we draw this to a close, to ask the question. And I've asked this question of myself. um, In my personal walk, what have I learned? Just like with Enoch, what have I learned? You know, these are some of the things that I've learned. Over the years that I've walked with God and I counted it up this year and it's, a, it's about 48 years that I, since I made its decision to follow Christ. It's not quite 300 years. But the first thing that I've learned in my personal walk with God is that God is present even if I don't feel that he is with me a massive, massive lesson that I've learned. And every now and then I need to relearn that lesson. The second thing that I've learned is that God loves me even when he is disciplining me or if if I'm going through challenges. God loves me. And if you're taking notes, you could cite Hebrews chapter 12, verses 4 to 13. I've also learned that God has not turned his face from me when I've sinned. So often when we sin, we feel that God has turned his face from us. Others may turn their faces from you. But not God. He loves us with an everlasting love. What have I learned in my walk with God? I've learned that my life has influence on others. The way that I walk with God affects the lives of people around me. It's an invaluable lesson to learn. We never sin and face these consequences alone when we sin. It affects us, but it also affects others. But positively, you'll find out that your obedience to God in walking with him will affect the lives of other people positively as well. I just want to close here. And when you look at the different names of people in the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, it means something. Now, it is very interesting to note that Enoch's son, Methuselah, his name means, when he shall die, it shall be sent, or it shall come. And his name was meant in reference to the coming flood was an act of judgment of God. That was the name of Methuselah. In other words, God was saying to Enoch that when Methuselah died, judgment was coming. When Methuselah died, God was going to destroy the earth with the flood. It just so happened that Methuselah lived longer than anyone else in the bible a total of 969 years what a picture of grace mercy and long suffering of god that he gave mankind 969 years to repent of their sins and my friends i believe that that was one of the effects of a godly father that had on his son and God named him and said, when he dies, that's when the flood is going to come. My friends, our lives do affect the lives of others. There is a reward to faith. This is what Oliver Green says. About Enoch. He says, It has been said that Enoch was walking with God one day. And they walked and talked so long in the sweet fellowship that near nightfall, God said to Enoch, It is nearer to my house than to yours. So let us go to my house. And God took Enoch home. God was so pleased with him that as a result of his faith, he did not see death. My friends, the result of us putting our faith in Jesus is this, that we will not taste spiritual death. Because God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. That whosoever should believe in him should not die but should have eternal life. My friends, let's please God in 2023.